published podcast my name is amy i'm james and today james is in charge of the topic and i don't understand what it is okay and i've been given directives to be serious about it which is a shame because i really want to not be serious about it i didn't give you so this is actually take two because take one ended when i had a bit of I think some kind of green, greeny leafy vegetable in my tooth. And Amy spent 30 seconds trying to get me to get it out of my tooth. I decided it wasn't, wasn't going to be enjoyable podcasting. <laughs> so our topic today is how progress on individual pieces of art might be linear, but your development as an artist can often be exponential. Okay. I don't know why I have such a hard time wrapping my head around that. Because it's math. Okay, we'll break it down. So... When you, I'm going to use writing as an example here. Weird. So I know, right? Um, when you are writing a novel, your word count is going up by a single word every time you do a word. Yes. But your skill as a writer mm. isn't going up by a single point every time you do a word. I understand. Yeah. Do you understand that? Yeah. It's going up by, like, it's a it's a curve that trends upwards, not a straight line. Yes, I understand. Does this bring you joy? Yes, I think it's amazing to think because I think often we are doing a single project and we think, oh, I'm only progressing at X speed. Like mm. it's going to take me ages to get where, I'm, where I want to go because we can only ever see linear things um, close up. But we can't see exponential progress very easily as humans. Like, we're not designed to see exponential progress. So we only see our day-to-day progress. We don't realize that we're actually accelerating beyond the speed that we're actually developing individual pieces of art. Yeah, I like and that. This is extremely exciting to me because it means that we can in many ways like we don't have to be as patient as we think we have to be Mm. because people think oh i'm only at this level now therefore it's going to take me and and, you know it took me a year to get from this level to this level Mm. therefore it's going to take me 10 years to get to 10x that level but because it's exponential it might only take you five years to get to that level. yeah i like that it is exciting yeah um i think that's probably a point uh, there can often be a point in our skill where we might eventually like hit a point where we get diminishing returns but i definitely think in the early stages yeah like i'm trying to think back to when i first started writing and the difference between me on day one and then me on day 365 was just incredibly huge newbie gains yeah and this is also where maybe it breaks down because my progress between day 365 and day you know or year five mm. probably wasn't as great as my progress from so then it kind of breaks down a little bit there but certainly yeah. my Initial progress was definitely exponential. Yeah, definitely. Um, the phrase newbie gains, as in like when you start something, you get this like big thrill because you can improve quite quickly because you're from you're coming from nothing. Yeah. And and by the same token, I think, sorry to use gym analogies because I know that some people find that annoying or slash sport analogies. Mm. But I think it's like when you are doing a training program, you might make a lot of gains really quickly, but then you get stuck in that training program yeah, you and plateau. you don't progress and you plateau. But then if you change your, pro- your training program up a little bit, then you suddenly start making gains again. And I've kind of felt this lately as well. So I felt like I was plateauing and therefore my gains were maybe, or maybe my gains were linear again. So I've reintroduced reading a lot of history into my routine, which I hadn't mm. been doing for a while. And I feel like my history inspiration muscles were weak Mm. to stretch the metaphor as far as i possibly can love it and now having read i've had so many ideas and my and i feel like i've been feeling so joyous in my writing and my writing has gotten so much better since going back to reading history i like this so you know i think even though there is this kind of exponential trend there definitely you do hit plateaus and you're like fuck and then you you do need to shift things up a little bit yes it's like and i guess more the point the podcast is that you never make straight line progress on yourself as an artist. Yeah. It's, it's either like huge ramps up or 
plateau and you never know i'm sorry i don't want to be too prescriptive about that maybe maybe it's not always like that but yeah. it's often like that yeah and i think it can often feel like you're not making any progress because you're in a plateau but what you don't realize is you're probably heading towards some kind of exponential leap yeah. soon in the future yeah yeah plateaus are really hard to navigate i mean i think creatives fear stagnancy i certainly do and it can feel like what the fuck is going on like why aren't I getting better and also in more of like a business terms like we know when you plateau and you're just like not making any impact you're not connecting you just feel so overwhelming but I really like this idea that when you're in a plateau like shaking things up and doing things differently is often the way to elevate yourself to that next that next growth stage yeah because as I said earlier it's so hard to know how much progress you are making as an artist in the moment it's so until until everything's come to pass you don't know what skills you were developing how much better you were getting in the moment it's just like it's like when you see um your sorry parents who watch this but you see your parents after five years you haven't seen them for a while like like um i'm sure i'm gonna be back to australia and i'm like oh my mom's looking old sorry nikki sorry nikki I mean, you look great for your age don't get oh me my wrong, god mom. you look really amazing good. but when you don't see a family member for a long time and you see them again you're like oh, i didn't notice that wrinkle yeah. or i didn't notice that gray hair yeah, and i wouldn't older. and i wouldn't have noticed it if i'd been seeing them yeah every week we're just very close to our creative journey as the creative You're so close to your creative journey it is so hard to know how much better you've gotten yeah and you might be like i have not gotten any better for five years but you've actually gotten way, way better. better it's just impossible to see it's like i find like when you read my writing and you say oh my god amy you've gotten so much better i'm like i what like i cannot understand that it's sort of a backhanded compliment isn't it i know but like you liked my first books too. i liked your first books but then i think even you thought that regrettably I'm about to cause trouble was worse than the rules up how I know which I was baffled by because I could immediately see that I had improved that you'd improved I, I still can't tell it's incredible to me and I still think that um the rules up how by no one is a great book but I think that your skill as a writer yeah is a lot better as someone who um doesn't really partake in a lot of practical skill acquisition for writing like the only way i practice writing is by writing which i think is basically the only way you can but you know i'm not like reading uh craft books i'm not getting craft advice i read and i write and i guess that's how i improve i and so i'm not judging my work very often i'm not looking at it critically in a way that's like oh is this good or is this not good which is amazing for me like that's a really important part of why i can write as much as i can because I'm not judgmental but it also means that like I don't have a very good hold on on how I am as a writer I mean I don't either I mean it's so hard yeah that's part of why people want to be picked up by a gatekeeper or people someone is can someone tell me please please because a gatekeeper is just someone in the industry going yeah you're good yeah and that's just not something you if you ever get and even if you self-publish and you do really really well I feel like there might be a tendency it's like you you've gotten so many lovely reviews on your fiction yeah but i feel like you don't believe it still i it's very hard to absorb yeah and, and i wonder if we're just being uh if people think that a gatekeeper would give that to them but they don't and it's not that i'm think my books are bad it's just very hard to listen and really absorb people saying good things about my writing i find the ones that say particularly like oh the prose was nice like someone said that the other day mm. and i was like oh my god is it, it is. my prose and i just a, haven't looked at it as in a craft lens for so long i think you know you have such a voicey playful writing style that i think it did take you i mean the core of it was there from the beginning but i think it did require you to grow it and get control over it in some yeah. way yeah I, I mean i'm very i'm very voicey like when i think about your first book your ya fantasy that you never released it was like one hundred and twenty thousand words or something mm. right which is just 
way too long for a YA novel because you didn't have the skill yet to, yeah, to hone, hone it down. Yes. But even though you felt like at that time you were only making small amounts of progress, the progress between your first Eastern, book and yeah. Elizabeth was massive. Yeah, no, I agree with that actually. And I feel like it's like, oh, you didn't just make one book worth of progress. Yeah, no, you, I time. made multiple really. Yeah, and I especially think you made multiple compared to the gains you'll probably make now between your yeah. third book and your fourth book yeah. aren't as big but they were initially huge yeah initially again newbie gains yes newbie gains exponential newbie gains it's very exciting if you're at the beginning and listening to this podcast yes and i think that if you're and even if you're in the middle and you're stuck and you're like well i haven't gotten any better in 10 years one thing you you might no, not know big doubt big doubt and two you might just be around the corner from the big breakthrough or like the big thing that's going to supercharge you to do your best work yeah so interesting and it can just sometimes it can just be about getting excited about an idea or something yeah do you reckon they can hear the dog next door i don't care the if family you, have to hear it, who lives next to door to it. us were away on holidays for like three weeks and it was so awesome because their dog is really loud and yeah, millie can, millie millie's very sweet but millie loves to just she just stands in the backyard looks at the fence let's and barks. just say this cocker spaniel yeah you know what i mean you know what i mean and you know She's quiet all day the second we want to record a podcast. She's like, bork, bork, think bork. I'll bark. Do you think that we go backwards ever as creatives? I think we can, yeah. You do? Yeah. I, I mean, all this is so fucking subjective, isn't it? Well, I think it's this is also part of the equation. And, and obviously, as soon as we've started this conversation, my whole initial premise has completely fallen on its face. But I mean, that's the point <laughs> of the podcast, right? Is that individual pro it's hard to judge your individual your progress based on individual projects mm. so it's hard to just say i've gotten worse as a writer versus like this podcast sorry this podcast yeah this podcast Maybe. Didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um this uh subject this piece of work didn't work for me yeah, yeah and didn't work didn't happen to work doesn't mean i got worse yeah but i've judged my skill based on this one thing rather yeah. than going no i actually probably really improved by doing that piece of work even though it didn't work out Mm. in inverted commas if you didn't see the video i'm just thinking about all of this in in terms of our podcasting uh, experience and how much better we got at podcasting early on and now I've, and we don't even have up the early videos on spotify or on apple or any podcasting because uh, we changed our system at some point and we it was like we had to manually import them over so for the first 30 episodes they're just sitting on our computer still mm. and i think there was some heaps of value in them oh, of course yeah i think but once again i think our from one to ten we were pretty bad yeah and then I think from like, you can almost already see us getting to a similar level to we are now yeah. from 10 to hundred and something. And even though obviously we're far from the finished product in podcasting, I do feel like we've gotten a lot more relaxed with it. We have. And it's become much easier. It has. I think we, we are doing more guests uh, recently mm. and that's been a new challenge for yeah. us to improve our skills. Being an interviewer is different, I guess, than chatting with your spouse. It is interesting chatting though. Chatting shit. I think because... We could have a much bigger audience for our podcast if we were a bit more polished, but we wouldn't have the audience I want. Does that Amen. make sense? So I feel like we're almost capping ourselves in a sense about how inverted commas again good we can be at podcasting because we want to be raw and we want to say like, we want to say um, and we want to not edit that out. We want to. It wants to be a conversation. We want it to be a it's regular like conversation. It's almost like an art form in itself. Yes, and in doing that, we are still getting better as podcasters, even if people's taste in us might not change yeah. in any way this whole conversation is a mess isn't it because it's all about like opinions and like yeah, subjectivity what and what's and what better is. and but i guess if you're yeah i don't know it is it's a messy conversation it is a really messy conversation something i was going to say before that i want to talk about is my favorite thing i'm now a youtube girly pop i'm into youtube 
um, mostly because of ASMR. But I like going back to the very beginning uh, YouTube videos of creatives that I love to follow or YouTubers I love to follow and like just how shit they are. Mm. And it's so beautiful to watch their evolution. And it makes me want to, you know, obviously like I'm trying to fucking grow my fucking YouTube channel and like just posting the most basic fucking dumb shit on there. And it's like, well, great. That can just be my start where everyone looks back and realizes that I've come such a long way when I'm a YouTubing bonanza. Bonanza. It's like YouTubing billionaire. Like, <laughs> that's not really what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. And I think you can already see in some of the draft videos you have waiting. Yeah. That you haven't got out yet. You can see what you're doing is working more than more, what you were doing before. I agree. Yeah. And you can see that growth in that first 10 videos. And I think it's pretty, it's pretty bloody good advice to tell someone to try something 10 times yeah to try and do something 10 times and obviously with a book or something that's quite difficult because Mm. 10 books takes a long time but i would say you know you've got to put at least a substantial chunk of time into something before you can realize that agreed or make a substantial number of attempts at something before you know if you're good at it or not yeah i agree and before you can even know if you've made any progress in it yeah and even then you might not you might not know yeah and then again you might just be too close and too hard to see again still i'm very very bad at judging my own writing and just because also i I just want to say leading back to an earlier point just because you've gotten better at something doesn't mean you're not going to have blips and you're not going to have times and as you said like can you get worse it's like well we're very capable of doing a very bad podcast this might be one of them (laughs) but this could be a blip but i also think we are capable of doing i think our ceiling is much higher now yes uh, we've made more room for us to reach Mm. i like that it's like you've given yourself more space to thrive and of course, sometimes, you know, an author will come out and they'll, or a band will do like their second album will be their best album ever. And, you know, they'll never in the eyes of the public achieve the greatness they achieved in the second album. But it might not be because they've gotten worse. No. It might just be because the they didn't, the zeitgeist or, or, yeah. and things like that. Just random circumstances have, have come together to make their second album the most popular. But I mean, you see that all the time with like uh, critics opinions on pieces being vastly different to like the cultural response to art and you know the cultural response to an album or a piece of art might be like eh, but the critics like this is the best piece of work i've ever seen it's technically brilliant like mm. there's so many different ways in which it can be received yeah i think thinking about some of my favorite authors as well and you can really admire their technical brilliance as their career goes on and how they're doing things that are technically more difficult i often find this is like they have more point of view characters or they're doing something with time or they're doing something with mm. voice that's much more difficult but it might not be as commercially viable yes but exactly clearly their skills have their increased. skills have increased and, yeah and they might be still you know if you write 30 books in your career you're probably going to write a few bad ones there oh, it's, it's just not inevitable. even bad just like not as good sorry not as good or yeah. ones that don't land as much well, yeah don't land yeah well, and you know you, i like this sorry sorry it's because if you put two years into a project or a year into a project What's like, you're going to just not release it, I think, at that point, <laughs> really? Sometimes, but... I, um, what was I going to say? I'm so sorry. That's okay. Oh, I was going to say, I like the idea of, after, like, I've been thinking a lot about how creatives navigate the next project after a successful project. Um, and I like the idea of aiming for, like, a technical level up rather than, like, a hmm. success level up. And I see a lot of authors doing that, I think. You know, they come out with big bangers of books and they're culturally really well received and are very traditionally successful. And then they they, they really panic about the next one because it has to be the next big, you know, it has to beat the last release, et cetera, et cetera. So much pressure, so horrible for the creative soul. Just a terrible 
way to view it but I like the idea of, of playing with that expectation and saying well what if I could just look at how I could be more technically skilled in this next mm. book rather than trying to like control things we can't control which is how the audience will receive it yeah definitely. I think something that excites artists about technical skills and craft is that that's what's in our control mm. and um that's not something I think about a lot because I'm again I'm so not into craft <laughs> I think where we have an advantage as artists over an athlete is that if you're an athlete, you can genuinely do exercises that are going to make you worse at your sport. You know, yeah. you, can, you can train legs to the point where your legs get so big and bulky that you can't run fast anymore. Mm. You know, you can do a training program that was suboptimal. Whereas yes. I feel like, of course, you know, from an untrained perspective, doing something is almost always better than doing nothing with mm. it, as long as you're not injuring yourself. But from an elite athlete level, there really is a... Uh, opportunity cost to doing any exercise yeah. because i do feel like there's definitely artist, less there's less opportunity cost like you're making project progress in a more uh, concrete way whatever you do yeah it, actually in a more abstract way in, in the sense but like you are making more pro- progress it's just harder to see it because you're not looking at your muscles and going my muscles have gotten bigger I mean, isn't that just the the biggest like simultaneously the most wonderful and terrible thing about being creative is just how fucking unseeable our journeys are i, I miss university when a someone would just give me a mark mm. just give me a mark well of course you miss university because you did really well at uni i don't miss university well i didn't do well at high school I, and that's interesting because i don't miss, I, miss I didn't do as well school. at high school amy and i have this continuous debate where i think that university was really easy and high school was really hard and amy thinks the opposite i did really well in high school and i really fucking bombed at uni you just didn't do badly at uni. you just well i bombed compared to high school and i was very used to thriving <laughs> Like thriving. You know, at high school, if you figured it out, you could just do what they wanted. You know, high school was a strategic game. You were really strategic. And university was more abstract and they were more wanky and I couldn't figure out what they wanted. Unfortunately, you often had to do the reading to do well at uni. And I never did the reading. Yeah. Yeah. James, James, James. So sorry. So sorry. I mean, I have got a uh, ongoing um, feud where I will periodically remind her that I'm more educated than her. Yeah, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just because it annoys her so much i'm gonna go get my doctorate just, and just skip all me. the middle bits just yeah, to spite you enough. do you reckon i could do it can you go straight from an undergrad to a doctorate no they would never let you do that maybe i'll get an no. honorary doctorate and then lord that over you would you call yourself doctor if you of course put on all my books you already amy will already periodically just put when she gets a, pass, a package delivered she'll say she's a professor or she'll say she's a doctor or she'll say because she... i'm so tired of people asking me for my suffixes is yeah. it a suffix? Prefix. Prefix. Fuck off. I don't, why Maybe. are you asking me for this? Mm. I don't want to be Mrs. It is Ms. dumb. Like, why does the post Ms. office Mr. need to know if you I'm don't. a Mr. or a Mrs. or a so Miss? So I'll like, always put doctor. I think it's great. Or lord. Or lord, lord. I love that. You said lord, lord, lord. I do. Amy saved as king in my... King, yeah. Phone. My Rolodex. <laughs> <laughs> my contacts list. Okay, you can see us going. You can have see us we, struggling. Have we to... taken the conversation to it? No, end? I think there's some more things I want to say. I'm actually interested to get Piercy Boy, Boy on the podcast, if we can. Yes, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Pierce because Brown. I want to talk to him about how. So his debut novel was a New York Times bestseller immediately, mm. and then he backed it up, and his second book was is widely regarded as the best book in the series. And then he had a creative slump between book four and five. No, sorry, between book five and six. So like. Did the pressure get to him finally? Did the, mm. like, what happened? It's so interesting. My immediate response, which is very different to what it was in the past when I hear about creatives being immediately successful is, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. But he had, but he handled that really well. I know, I'm so interested. And of course, something completely unrelated might have happened. Like, I have no idea. So I don't want to make any judgments on it at mm. all. I just think it's an interesting, it's yeah, inter- really it would be interesting, interesting to know. 
Maybe he hit a plateau. Yeah. But he's come back with a more technically brilliant book, I would argue. And that can be frustrating because I think a lot of writers are obsessed with progress and a lot of writers are obsessed Um, with getting better at the craft. A lot of artists are generally. So I think it is quite painful when we feel like we're plateauing. Oh, nothing more painful than a plateau. I feel like... And then, sorry to continue on the conversation in a bit of a different way, but can you unlock your computer for me, please, while I talk about this? Yes. Um, You'd think that it would count us doing GarageBand as something that would be relevant to not lock the computer. <laughs> you would. Um, oh, my God. Guys, I've Where lost my train you? of thought. Fuck. I don't know. Stupid computer. Hey, Apple, you owe me a podcast right now. Honestly. Um, was it about plateauing? No, it was, it was about artists being obsessed with progress. It's and, me. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I think it can be really painful for us when we don't when we have a project that is we think is beyond us as well oh but they can often be the projects that make give us the most i've been speaking about this recently Mm. because it's one of my pet peeves Mm. a lot of creators will come to me and they say i've got this project but i'm not ready for it yet it's going to be for when i'm much more skilled and i'm like but what if that's the project that gives you the skill and i think it so often is and similarly i don't want to do this project because um i want to wait for when i'm more successful so it's not like missed i'm like what if that's a project that mm. makes you successful? I'm not big on postponing. That's what the Inspire Collective sessions have been about the last two weeks. I'm not big on postponing projects because of this idea that you're not ready for them. Yeah, I agree. I think that I feel like I didn't make a lot of project pro, project progress from my second book because it was technically quite an easier book than my first book. Because it was single point of view. It was a very linear story. It was um, one plot about one thing. And it was good. I think it was good reps. Mm. It was like doing Zone 2 training. I feel like that's my novels, my historic one POV, really simple, good, wholesome stories that are very easy to tell. Yeah, I think Technically I like not that hard. It didn't stretch me. I, I wrote that book lightning quick. It was really easy to edit. Um, it was fine. And now you're doing like the most fucking complex book and in the world. I'm, Technically so hard. It's, and it's good. It's good. It's good for my skill development. Oh, it's I feel so like cool. it's good for my skill development. I mean, I, that, I, that's something I'm, I'm almost jealous of. Like, I've been writing books that I'm uh, simple and they're very doable. Mm. And like, not I'm not judging that at all. It's been so good and I will continue to do them. There's nothing more Sorry morally say, good your current, about... Your current book is incredibly technically difficult, Jack. Jack is technically... It is slightly more technically difficult, but it's not that much more technically difficult. It's still one POV. No, okay. Well, first of all, it's not because there are... I don't think that's going to happen. Interesting. But it's... Murder mystery is incredibly hard. It's it a has, different skill, and yeah. it has to tie in with real historical events at the same time. Like, oh, yeah, you can't but... really fudge it that much. I do. And also, I just think any anyone who writes crime or murder mysteries... Is impressive to you? Very technically hard. It is technically different. Yeah. And you, you're playing with um, gender in an interesting way. Thank you. You're playing with disability in an interesting way. Thank you. I think it's a good... I think it's... It is quite a challenging book. Okay, yeah. Maybe I'm writing a slightly harder book. Hmm. You're, you're, train, you're dealing with class in an interesting way as well. I'm always dealing with class because it's 16th century. That's true. You can't avoid it. But it's just, it's much more complicated plots versus, and I don't want to, I don't mean this in a pejorative way at all, but Maud and Elizabeth are... Three sorry, and I, I never want to say the full title. Nor do I. Takes, I can so, never it takes remember. so long. Maud and Elizabeth um, are simple. Yeah, they are. In a great way. Yeah. They can make, it's... They're quick reads. They're just um, books about, you know, people existing in the world. Books about some girly whirlies having some experiences. And they go through challenges and they go, and it's more character driven is what I'm, I guess I'm saying. Which yeah, is yeah. arguably more difficult. That's true. Jack has been a plot driven book. And I think, but I think the problem is, so character driven 
for me, a character-driven book would be much more difficult to write because mm-hmm. I'm not used to it. I'm used to plot. Whereas for you, a plot-driven book is much harder to write. Way harder. You just ask the character what they're going to do next. Yeah. And they're like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Whereas the plot it. has the plot driven the plot has to all make sense consistently. Yeah. I don't like that. Hmm. But both of us by choosing to do those projects projects I think are expanding our skill set. I hope so. I hope I'm gonna get better and better and better at being a writer because I really love it. I'm reading Terry Pratchett's autobiography slash not autobiography. It was written by his It is he wrote it's bits half of it, bi- right? yeah, it's half biographical. Half, half autobiographical half biographical and terry pratchett's love for words reminds me that actually even though i shy away from craft talk all the time i fucking love words and i love writing and i love the fact that i get to be an author mm. yeah me too it's really fucking cool me too i felt like we didn't go where i wanted to go with that conversation i realized like five minutes in that i didn't didn't have legs but then I feel like we had a good a good discussion about skill development and getting yeah, better great. as a writer. Can, and how, the title can be something about skill development. I guess the only certainty is that your progress as an artist is never linear. Ah, uh, yeah, great. Yeah. Even though sometimes it looks like it's linear on a project-by-project project basis. Yeah, because we're so zoomed in. Yeah. When you, if you zoomed out and saw your skill progression, yeah. it would look like so all undulating. crazy parabolas. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Amazing. James, I think a really good topic. Thank you for bringing it to the table. I tried. I tried. Um, Should we talk quickly about your course that's out right now? Yes. Write your fucking book. It's kind of appropriate. It is kind of appropriate. The Write Your Fucking Book course is now out. It is a compendium or like an almanac of questions that are frequently asked while writing a book. So if you are thinking of writing a book, if you're curious about writing a book, if you're midway through writing a book, wherever you are on the process, I've got like, I think it now it will be coming up to like 70 questions um, that are answered and stored in this course. And the reason that number is changing is because if you sign up in the first month, you're allowed to ask Amy, you're able to, not allowed to, makes you sound like a school teacher. You're able to ask Amy any questions that you have that weren't answered for you in the course. Yep. So you've been answering those questions and putting them up from day one. So yep. if you sign up before, I think it's the 9th of September, you will get the opportunity to ask Amy any further questions that you have about writing books. Yeah, it's really exciting, guys. Basically, we just want you to feel so much less alone as you endeavor to, to write books. And it doesn't have to be a particular book. It can be novels. It can be nonfiction. It can be poetry. It can be whatever it is that you are called to. But we want to be there for you and answer questions uh, when you get stuck. Technically, I'm in it too. James, you're so in it. That's why I'm saying we, baby. I kind of wasn't expecting to be. And then like a week before, you're like, by the way, I think you should be in this. By the way, you're the star. Okay, well, don't mind being the star. That's actually a lie. I don't like being the star. I love being the star. Yeah, you do. Okay, babies. Okay. Peace and blessings. Bye, everyone.